You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 25. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Number 25, that's exciting. I don't know, it just seems like a little bit of a milestone and I've been getting great feedback from you all out there that you're enjoying the podcast and that what I'm saying is resonating on some level. I appreciate uh, you giving me feedback and I hope you'll continue to do so. Knowing that you're out there listening to me and that we're getting something out of this together is really encouraging. And I hope you'll continue to listen and continue to let me know what you think. So let's get started today. The thing that I want to talk about today is working parents and the guilt that sometimes goes along with that and work-life balance. I've been thinking a lot about this lately because we have a baby boom at our hospital. We've got babies popping out all over the place. We've had three in the last nine months that have been born, and we have one more on the way. And these are all women that have previously been full-time employees. And so seeing them go through their pregnancies and the challenges that brings with being a working mom, and then also after they have their babies coming back to work and the whole breastfeeding struggle and the daycare struggles, it's really made me start to think back to when I went through all this and what we need to do as a profession to be more supportive of people in this industry that are trying to raise children. And I decided to do some research about this and then maybe come up with some tips on how can we can be better parents, whether we work or stay home, whether we'll, we're full-time or part-time. I don't really think it matters. I think as long as we have good intentions of raising healthy human beings and being loving parents, that no matter how we carve it out, it's all going to be okay. And I want us all to realize that. So the four people that are having babies, like I said, are all full-time employees. And um, one of them has come back to work part-time at this point. And the other ones are still in that decision-making process. Uh, they're still on maternity leave, or like I said, one of them is still working pregnant, and she's going to have her baby soon. So the question that we agonize over is, what do we do to balance this parenting thing, and what do we do not to feel guilty about it? And if you don't have children or you don't plan on having children, this discussion can apply to anything. It can apply to your pets because now that I don't have kids at home anymore and I have my two dogs and my one old cat, I have guilt some days about the amount of time that I'm working and getting home with them and spending time with them. So it can apply to your pets. It can apply if you're a mother or father. It can apply that if you have parents that you're taking care of or basically anything in your life that you're feeling guilty about that balancing your work and your life. When I was a working mom or when I had my children, I chose to work full time. And in that time, in that day, it meant working four full days a week. I had Wednesdays off. And then I worked a half day on Saturday. So I'd work four days, basically from nine to six or nine to seven, and then that half day on Saturday. And that usually added up to at least 40 to 50 hours a week 
Um, and then we had a three-day rotating weekend, which was kind of a godsend because we would end up having a three-day weekend every third week. And that really did help with the work-life balance because you knew that when that third week was coming up that you were going to have three full days to spend with your family. And that really did help. But I always felt that even though I worked so much when my kids were growing up, I felt that I had made the right decision for myself because I basically loved this profession and I didn't want to give it up. And even though society puts pressure on us not to be working moms, I really think that in some cases it's best. I think had I been a stay-at-home mom and been basically just with the kids, I probably wouldn't have been as focused on making their lives fabulous, and on spending time with them, and spending quality time with them. So for me, it was absolutely the right decision doesn't mean that I didn't feel guilt sometimes, and it doesn't mean that I didn't feel out of balance at times. I absolutely did. But in the long run, I think it was the best for me. And I guess the jury's still out as to whether my kids feel that way. One of these days, I'm going to have them on the podcast so we can talk about this. I think it would be very insightful to see how they see it, because sometimes they tease me about the fact that they were in daycare. Now, I had a neighbor that lived directly next door to me that was a stay-at-home mom. And she sometimes was a little bit judgy about it, I think, or at least I felt that, um, that I didn't stay home with my kids. But both of our, both of our families uh, grew up absolutely perfectly, and her kids are perfectly wonderful human beings, and my kids are perfectly wonderful human beings. So when you start to compare yourself to other people, it just really doesn't balance. She was a perfect stay-at-home mom, my neighbor, and I was the perfect working mom. Now, I said I was going to do some research, which I did, and I'm going to read a few statistics about working mothers because I think this is really fascinating. I found in one study that they said that there were 74.6 million women in the civilian labor force, and almost 47% of U.S. workers are women. More than 39% of women work in occupations where women make up at least three-quarters of the workforce, and that's definitely our profession. We make up even more than that, women do, in our workforce. The other statistic that I really thought was interesting was that women own close to 10 million businesses. And that's good news for us because a lot of us in the veterinary world want to own our own business. And those businesses that women owned accounted for $1.4 trillion in dollars earned, which I was really happy about. I just, I like women to feel empowered to own their own businesses and also make their own money. In that same study, though, they found that one third of the Americans polled believed that the ideal situation for young children is the stay-at-home mother situation. Only 4% of people in that study thought that fathers should stay home, which I find fascinating that one-third want women to stay home, but only 4% want men to stay home. So there's still some imbalance. One of the other studies I looked into talked about how girls with working moms get better jobs and higher pay. That was very fascinating. They made 23% more money 
than daughters of stay-at-home mothers and had higher ranking jobs in the workforce and higher paying jobs. And that the sons of working mothers in this study grew up to spend more time doing household chores and caring for children than if their mothers were stay-at-home mothers. And that turned out to be about eight eight more hours a week that sons of working mothers helped inside the home. So it makes sense that children of working mothers would have a different view of social mores and behaviors that were modeled by their parents. These studies don't mean to say that staying home with your children is damaging them in some way, but it's encouraging to see that children raised by working mothers turn out okay. And we need to remember that if you are a working parent, that kids are going to see what you're modeling for them, and then they're going to be fine. And that will help us stop feeling guilt about our parenting. And that's one of the real reasons that I wanted to read some of these statistics to you. So our children are not suffering, and we do definitely need to let go of some of that guilt that we feel. I also found a study that was comparing stay-at-home moms to going-to-work moms. It said that 71% of moms do work outside of the home, 29% were staying home. But that number had gone up since 1999, the stay-at-home moms. And there were some pros and cons of staying home. And one of the pros was that if a mom is a stay-at-home mom, the children often perform better in school. The children are often less stressed and sometimes less aggressive. And then there's that social approval of the stay-at-home choice that we tend to see. The cons were that mothers often felt unfulfilled or desired to go back to work and therefore were frustrated or stressed about that. They seem to have higher levels of sadness. They seem to have higher levels of depression. And there was more social isolation for stay-at-home moms because they spent most of their time with the kids. I guess my point is whether you're an at-home parent or whether you are a working parent, that there are pros and cons to each choice, and you just have to make the choice that's best for you and your family. And your kids are going to be who they are based on how you raise them, whether it's stay at home or whether it's going to work. It's A lot of it is going to come down to your attitude about it and how you model the choice that you've made to your children. So whether you work or you stay home, you need to stop feeling like you're failing as a parent. We all have those thoughts. And as we know from talking about this before, your thoughts are going to determine how you feel about your job as a parent. So if you start to feel that parenting for you is not going well, examine some of those thoughts that you're having about it. And don't let those societal pressures make you feel like you should be staying home. Because a lot of times that is not the best choice. It would not have been the best choice for me by far. I know that because I know myself well. And I'm not, I would not be good as a stay-at-homer. So let's talk about whether we decide to stay home or go to work, whether we decide to go full-time or part-time, and how do we approach that? If you are currently working full-time in your practice, 
and you are having children or you've already had children or you're thinking about having children and you're wondering how you're going to balance that, how do you go about going from your full-time career down to part-time or how do you carve out time for your children? Now, in my experience, because I worked full-time, I was super focused on the fact that I was going to have to carve out time for my children. If I was going to be a full-time working mom, I was going to make sure that when there was something important in their lives that I was going to be able to be there for it. So the way that I got around that was I decided to buy my own practice, which kind of sounds silly when you think about owning a practice and how much work that is. But in my mind, getting my own practice, and especially a practice that was already operating and had other veterinarians working in it, would allow me to call my own shots. And that's basically the reason I did it, or one of the main reasons that I did it, is I decided that if I had my own hospital and I was the boss, then nobody could tell me whether I could take a day off or a week off or a few days here and there off or get out of work early. Nobody could dictate that to me if I was the boss. So that is what I chose to do, is I chose to become the owner, and then I was able to schedule my, my own hours choose my own schedule. If I decided I wanted to be off, then I took a day off and nobody could criticize me for that. Now, as a hospital owner, it doesn't sound, it sounds a little counterintuitive because when you own a practice, you want to make as much money as possible, right? Or you should be to pay your employees. In my mind, that wasn't the focus. In my mind, if my hospital made a little bit less money, than somebody else's hospital because I chose to work a little bit less in order to make my kids a priority, then that's what I was able to do. And that had to be my mindset. So in the spirit of your thoughts, create your feelings, I decided to think that being an owner allowed me freedom. Did it tie me down at times? Did I have more work to do? Absolutely it did. But I was able to delegate some of the tasks that I otherwise would have had to do, and I was able to change the schedule if I chose to change it, and I didn't have any boss telling me I couldn't. Now, in your situation, if you're an associate and you don't own a practice and you don't have any interest in owning a practice, then probably your job would be to figure out exactly how you want to fashion your schedule And then you're going to have to have the confidence to draw some boundaries around your work. What you'll have to do is decide how many hours a week you want to work. And then you're going to have to have the courage to go to the person that runs your practice, whether it's your hospital manager, administrator, or the veterinarian that owns your practice, and tell them that this is what you're willing to work. Now that you've had a child, you would like to change your schedule. In my situation of being the owner, I could make my own choices. I was of the mindset that families were the most important things and that in order to have good work-life balance, I was going to have to be flexible enough with my employees to allow them to work the schedule that then allowed them to be good parents. So my focus in my hospital was to always work around everybody's restrictions. So in my hospital, that meant doctors that worked one or two days a week. I had a relief vet that chose to work two days a week because she wanted to schedule her own time around her children. 
I've had technicians that wanted to only work afternoons when their husband was able to take care of their kids after they got out of school. Their husband was a teacher. I had people that had to get out of work at five to pick up their children from daycare. So these kind of things make it challenging to run a practice, but not impossible. And these are some of the things that you're going to have to work around. And if you have the type of boss, boss that isn't allowing you to do what you need to do in order to create the boundaries that you need to create to put your family first, then you may end up having to find another practice. But I'm telling you that there's people out there that have the same standards that I did as the hospital owner and that I wanted everyone to be able to have their best life and also focus on their family. And so my hospital is basically run around everybody's wants and needs. And it's difficult. It's challenging. But it can be done. And you may have to hire another associate to fill in the gaps. You may have to have job sharing where you have two employees working the same job and then splitting it in half. You may have to have flexible weekends like we did where you have three-day weekends or four-day weekends you can schedule in order for parents to catch up with their home time. And those are some of the things that we have to think about as hospital owners and also as parents. How do you want your family to look and how do you want your work-life balance to look? And you really have to dig deep to figure that out and realize that you're in charge of that. A lot of us want to think that we're helpless when it comes to being an employee. There are other jobs out there. You can do relief work like my friend chose to do when she was raising her children. There are so many options for us in the veterinary field to make money. You don't have to have the typical nine to five job unless you choose to. If you choose to be an owner and then schedule your own time that way, that is also very possible. So just remember that you are the one that's empowered here. You have the power to make these choices. Some other tips that I have for you about work-life balance is, well, planning your schedule and guarding your time, which is basically what we just talked about. But that also means during the day when you're at work and when you're at home, guard that schedule like it is the most important thing because it really is. You need to schedule your time doing the things that you want to do and creating priorities for your family. You need to learn to delegate more, especially when you're at work, but you can also delegate at home. You don't necessarily have to always be the one that does the grocery shopping. You can hire that out. There's so many options for that right now. You can delegate your laundry if you want to, my husband was always really good at taking things to the dry cleaner. So if I needed my white coats done, I just handed them to him and he would take them to the dry cleaner. So then I didn't have to wash them or iron them. And they would always come back from the dry cleaner nice and clean. That's something you can delegate. You can hire out your housework. You can delegate things at work with your employees. If there's a phone call that you don't have to particularly make. And I just did this Yesterday when I was at work, somebody called asking questions about their bird laying eggs and what do they need to do. Well, that's not something that I need to answer. My technicians are perfectly capable. They've talked about egg laying in birds for years. So I have to be strong enough and feel confident enough in my employees to let them make that call. 
And I did. And my technician did a beautiful job, much better than I would have ever done. She was way more patient. She took way more time with the client than I probably would have. So guard your time, delegate more, hire out things. You can shop online. Um, I love Amazon. I'm so lazy when it comes to shopping anymore. I needed coffee filters the other morning. And so I just went to Amazon and ordered them. And because I have Amazon Prime and it's amazing. I still like to go to the store. I still like to sometimes do my own grocery shopping. But if I don't have time or I need to guard my time, then I can certainly order online. The other thing that's super important for you to do when you're guarding your time is schedule in first your priorities. So on your calendar, that would be the thing to schedule first is your family time. If your children have events, sporting events, that should be the first thing on your calendar. If you really want to be there for your kids, then that's what you need to make your priority. And then you need to schedule your work time around that. Go to your office manager or your boss and make sure that your schedule is scheduled to the point where you get to leave on time, whatever day that is. It may only be one day a week, and that's no big deal. Let one of your colleagues or your associates stay late. Divide up those nights. Talk to your fellow associates with children and see if you can swap nights. Maybe their child has a sporting event on Tuesdays and yours is on Wednesday. Make a deal with that other associate to switch late nights. And if an emergency comes in, they'll cover for you on the Tuesday and you'll cover for them on the Wednesday. This is the way we make family time a priority. Try very hard, and this is something that we all struggle with, try to learn to say no. Sometimes that seems impossible when we're at a busy practice and an emergency comes in. It's really hard to say no. However, if you work around um, your schedule and your team knows that you need to leave early on a particular night for whatever reason for your scheduled family time, then you can have them refer to a local emergency clinic or you can have one of your fellow associates, like I said before, stand in for you and you can take turns. I took the emergency last night, so you could leave early. Can you take it tonight? And that works beautifully. I mean, I did that a lot with my associates that had children this that were working the same time mine were. And now that my children are outside the home, then I can be the one to volunteer so the people with children can leave to be there for their children. So if I keep that in mind that it's important for them to be home when they want to be home, then I can offer my services to stay late on a day when there's an emergency so they can take care of their families. And that's really important that we look out for each other. Remember that we're all in the same boat and we all have things happen in our lives. If somebody is in an emergent situation with their children or their parents and they need to leave early, step up and be the caring associate or the caring team member that stands up for your fellow employees and helps them out when they need it. Because that's going to go a long way to making our lives balanced and better. The other thing that you can do to create balance in your life that I've been trying to do more of lately. I'm not a very good, I'm not very good at this, but um, I've been striving towards this is becoming a minimalist. And what I mean by that is not cluttering your desk space and your home space and your workspace up with a lot of stuff. 
we have a tendency to want to buy stuff and get stuff and have little tchotchkes sitting around, but decluttering really creates balance in your life. If you can learn to be a little bit more organized, get through that mail when it first comes in and get it right off your desk, which is something that I really uh, worked on and I'm pretty good at it now. I always open the mail as soon as it gets there and I get rid of it right away. If you can do that, it will save you so much time and it will declutter your desk. It will allow you more space. And when you start to have those piles of stuff building up on your desk, take a few minutes to get rid of them. If you don't read your journals or if you know you're not going to read your journals, then get them out of there. Put them in the recycling. Rip out the articles that you think you might read and then throw the rest in the recycling. That is going to go a long way to making you feel more balanced. And then the last tip I have for you about work-life balance is try not to take your work home with you. Try not to clutter up your mind with the events of the day. If you're an extrovert like me and it helps to talk about what happened during the day, try to do that before you get home. Uh, Try to call your husband or a friend or even if you talk to yourself, which sounds really crazy, but if you have to talk to yourself in the car just to get it all out of your brain, when you walk into the door at home, your work is at work. And that is going to help you so much in focusing on your children and your family when you're a working parent. Remember that walking into your house, you shouldn't have any of the work worries with you anymore. And if you can learn to leave those on the front porch, or the way I like to think about it as when I hang up my white coat on the back of my chair, which is what I have a tendency to do, when I take off that white coat and hang it up and I get ready to leave the office, then that all stays at the office. And if it's something that's really weighing heavy on your mind that you need to talk about, find a way to talk about it when your children either are in bed or, like I said, when you're on your drive on the way home, if you have someone you can call and get it off your plate or off your brain and you can change your thoughts around it. Then when you get home or you get to the sporting event or whatever, wherever you're going to go, then you can really focus on where you are and focus on your family. And that is going to make you feel so much more balanced. And just remember that things at work are going to always be at work. If you have a worry about a case, you're going to find out the next day. So spending your whole night focusing on it and worrying about it doesn't serve you at all. And if you've done your job and you've given your clients the instructions, the go-home instructions for whatever condition you're treating, and you've given them the number for the nearest emergency clinic, if anything happens, then they they are equipped to take care of their own pet. And they don't need your worries. Your worries and your stressing about it, focusing on it when you're at home, isn't going to change anything. And you're really not going to know till the next day anyway what happened to a pet that you referred somewhere. And you really don't want to know. You need to leave it behind. It's work. I know our work doesn't feel like work. Our work feels like a calling. I I love that we're so passionate about it. But it also is just work. When it comes right down to it, your family is so much more important than the job that you do. As important as our job feels, as important as our job is, 
it's still in the long run going to be the family that's going to be the thing that you're going to regret the most if you miss. You're not going to miss one client that you had to say no to and send to the emergency clinic. In five years, you're not going to remember that. But if you miss an event with one of your children or you miss a family event because you were focused on a client or you missed being present with your children because you were in your head worrying about a patient or a client, that's what you're going to regret. And that's when you're going to miss out and you're not going to have good harmony in your life or balance, if you want to call it that. I like the word harmony because I think there is no 50-50 balance. I think that when you're at home, you're at home. When you're at work, you're at work. And there is no 50-50 split. I think that you just have to balance it the best you can. You can't spend half your time at work and half your time at home, but you can focus on home when you're at home and you can focus on work when you're at work. And then that creates this great harmony in your life. So try, regardless of your circumstances, try to realize that whether you're a parent of kids, young kids, old kids, new babies, whether you're a parent of pets or you're a daughter or son that's taking care of elderly parents, whatever it is that you're struggling with, this work-life thing, remember that you can do it and a lot of us do it and do it well. And if a ball gets dropped, that's not gonna mean that the whole thing is gonna fail. And part of the good things in life are when we fail. So don't forget that. Remember that you are the best parent for your children, you are the best vet for your clients, and you are the best pet parent for your pets. No one else can do it better than you. You are ideally suited for what you have in your life, and that's why you have it. Hopefully this helps you get through the day, and I hope there were some tips in here that helped you figure out how to do a little bit better job balancing the mental part of work-life harmony and work-life balance and parental guilt. Guilt is never something that we want to embrace. Guilt is wasted emotion. I hope some of these tips that I brought to you today will help you let go of any guilt that you're having. And I hope I have given you some tools. I hope it helps you to remain present in your day, whether you're at work or at home. Embrace the fact that you are beautifully equipped to be the best parent of either your children or your pets that you can be. Thanks so much for listening to this today. I appreciate you all being here. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please leave me a review on iTunes. If you want me to talk about anything that you think will help you in your daily life, send me an email or leave me a message on Facebook. I'm always looking to create a space where we can feel comfortable discussing issues that face us every day. Thanks so much. I appreciate you all being here. Have a beautiful week. Bye. 